0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family conversation at the beginning of this new week. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Rejoice in the Lord, I say it again, rejoice in the Lord. Yes, Sunday is the Lord's Day, so we rejoice in it together in our Perseverance Family. As always, we like to start off our our day, our week, by inviting Mary to be with us. Mary has many titles. Mary is the mother of God. Mary is the mother of the church. And Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. Not only that, but when we pray the Hail Holy Queen, we invoke Mary as our as our life, our sweetness, and our hope. That's right. We invoke Mary as our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So let's um, lift up our our gaze, our our minds and our hearts to Mary and ask Mary to guide us. Mary Stella Matis to guide us to Christ. So we say that prayer that she loves most. And that prayer, of course, is the Hail Mary. Together. Hail Mary. Full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners. Now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now, my friends, let's ask our spiritual director to be with us. Our spiritual director, my friends, is the Holy Spirit. Among the many gifts, or rather titles, we have for the Holy Spirit are the following. The Holy Spirit is the paraclete. The Holy Spirit is also the catechism of the Catholic Church. He is the light, he is the gift of gifts the holy spirit is also known as this sweet guest of our souls holy spirit is also our consoler the holy spirit is also our counselor the holy spirit is also our sanctifier The Holy Spirit is also our interior master. St. Paul says, we really don't know to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans, so we can say Abba. Abba, which means Daddy or Father. So let's uh, invite the Holy Spirit to be with us to enlighten our minds, and to set our hearts on fire with the love of God himself. So let's pray the classical prayer to the Holy Spirit together. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love send forth your spirit and they shall be created and thou shalt renew the face of the earth let us pray O God who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in His consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary Stellamadis, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. St. Gabriel, pray for us. St. Raphael, pray for us. St. Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. St. Vincent Martyr, pray for us. St. Saint, Saint
1: Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. Well, guys, angels and saints... Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This
0: is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Yes, my friends, every Sunday is the very heart and center and kernel of our liturgical life, of our spiritual life. It's a day in which we Celebrate with great joy the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Of course, every year we celebrate Easter. But every Sunday should be a mini-Easter. And it's a day of great joy. A day of great joy. John Paul II in his document, The Day of the Lord, which he wrote in the early 90s, Sunday should be the Lord's Day and Sunday should also be Family Day. Sunday should be the Lord's Day and Sunday should be Family Day. Sunday should be the Lord's Day and Sunday should be Family Day. That's right. So I would, I promise to pray for you now. I like to place you on the altar in the Masses that I'll celebrate today. I like to place you on the altar because as you know the the holy sacrifice of the Mass. The holy sacrifice of the Mass is by far the greatest of all prayers. It is the prayer par excellence, the holy. Sacrifice of the Mass. And of course uh, our talk today, as always, is to prepare us to participate fully, actively, consciously in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass in the words of Sacra Santa Concilium, which is a dogmatic constitution on the Church. So I'd like to place on the altar these following intentions. First of all, I'd like to pray that all of us would be, that all of us would be open to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. That's right, that all of us would be open to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. In a very real sense, our holiness depends upon being docile, open to the workings of the Holy Spirit in our lives and we we can pray this prayer during the course of the day come Holy Spirit come come Holy Spirit come through the heart of Mary come Holy Spirit come come Holy Spirit come through the heart of Mary my second intention for your families, that your loved ones, especially those in your family who have possibly wandered away from the truth, they're not drinking anymore from living waters, which is Christ himself, those who have wandered into a false path, that they would come back like the prodigal son that the lost and wandering sheep, they would come back to the good shepherd of their souls, and that's Christ himself. Then my third intention I would like to pray with you, for those who will be dying, say, within the next 24 hours. In the world, there are always people that are being born, others that are dying. We want to pray in a special way. We want to pray in a special way for those who are dying and possibly are not living in the state of grace. Those who are living perhaps in mortal sin that through our prayers and our sacrifices that they they would return to God through Perhaps a good confession and come back to Mass and receive the bread of life. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever eats my body and drinks my blood will have everlasting life. And I will raise him up on the last day. So before starting uh, our conversation today, I'd like to make a brief comment and uh, offer thanksgiving for what has happened over the weekend think as some of you know over the past over the past decade I've been going out and giving missions missions, Marian missions as well as I'm going out giving missions on the spiritual exercise of St. Ignatius of Loyola. I've been doing it over the past 10 years. So the month of January, my first Marian mission is in a parish in East L.A. And actually, the name of the parish is Our Lady Guadalupe. With Father Marcos Solis invited me to his parish to give a Marian mission. And I accepted And I go there every Sunday afternoon with my mission team. And one of the most important elements in our mission is to try to get these people to prepare themselves, to give themselves to Mary by cleansing themselves and making a good general confession. So over the weekend, Friday and Saturday, we had a great blessing I was fearful at the beginning of last week because we have a we have about 250 people that are participating in the mission, and I was fearful for all these people that are the newcomers on the block. They've really never done a Marian mission or the exercises that that they would um, be able to make this general confession. Because I was basically, me and Father Marcos, about the only priest available to hear confessions. But good news. On Friday, we were able to get six priests that were hearing confessions for several hours. Yesterday, we had about five priests to hear confessions for several hours. And in total, with these five, six priests on Friday and five priests on Saturday, we heard over 200 general 200 confessions. About in total, 205, 205 general confessions in the course of two days, Friday and Saturday. Today I will go back and finish about another ten. So we'll have completed this work of hearing general confessions. Can you imagine that? Some of you have made a general confession. I think some of you have made a general confession. And the general confession is something that's really changing the lives of many, many people. I think maybe I told you about three weeks ago, for some reason... One of my talks that I gave four years ago, one of the talks I gave four years ago went viral and I have, I have about 315,000 viewers and there's getting all these emails and phone calls of people that wanted more information on their general confession. So much so that we have a house that we opened up in England a couple of years ago. And one of the priests sent me an email and said, "Hey, one of our, one of the people here heard your talk on gender confession, and they'd like to they'd like you, if possible, to send them the examination of conscience so that they could make this general confession." So I sent it, and I said to the priest, "You got to wait about a, month, a week because sending it from the United States overseas to England it takes." It takes a few days. But what beautiful, what a good, what a, what a consoling message that is. And I feel more and more as a priest trying to promote Mary consecration, the spiritual exercises, but I'm trying to promote also the general confession. The reason being is that because of a weak catechesis, because of a weak catechesis over the past half-century, if not more. Many people have never been taught properly how to go to confession. Also, a poor formation of conscience. And if you know, my friends, if we're making bad confessions, then we make bad communions. And a great fear I've always had is uh, people that get married, if before they get married, they're... Having premarital sex, they maybe don't go to mass on Sunday, maybe they've gotten drunk or look at pornography or taking drugs or harboring hatred within their hearts then they go they they um, they get married even in the church without having to go into confession then there's a danger that on the day of their wedding that they're actually making a double sacrilege of On the Eucharist as well as with respect to mad, the Sacrament and Matrimony. So I cannot, I cannot encourage too much the, the making of a general confession at least once in your life. And many of you have already done it and you have reaped an abundant harvest through that. So that's uh, an attitude, an attitude of gratitude. So today I'll go back to the third week of this Marian consecration program. And today I'll probably speak to them about the Marian dogmas. You'd be surprised, my friends, giving Marian missions, how few people, how few people know the the four Marian dogmas. So I'll be giving them a, a mini course on Theology, better said, Mariology, this evening in East L.A. So, keep these people in prayer that they would really pursue a life of great holiness by knowing Mary, by loving Mary, and by trying to imitate Mary. Amen. So, my friends, Sunday is the Lord's Day. Every Sunday when we celebrate the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass we have the grace of delving into three readings as well as the Responsorial Psalm. Jesus said to the devil, the enemy, that Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Man does not live on bread alone, but every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. (coughs) And it's true that the Lord is my light and my salvation. So today, the church offers us these three readings. The first is taken from I call him the Shakespeare of the Old Testament because of his eloquence, his choice of words, his use of similes and analogies and allegories and the the richness of language. And it's Isaiah. Isaiah. So today we will be giving you an idea from Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. And I'm sure you're aware of this, that there are four four major prophets. It's Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, and Daniel. Those are called the, th- the four major prophets. Then we have Psalm 27. And the antiphon is, the Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Then we're going through the reading from the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians. He wrote two letters.
1: One Corinthians and two Corinthians. That's right. And it's a short but a very penetrating message. Paul
0: is going to be exhorting this community as well as us to avoid something that can really wreak havoc within the community. Then we're in <coughs> we're in the beginning of the new church year. And Sunday The Sunday cycle of readings, there are three cycles actually. There's cycle A, B, and C. Cycle A is the Gospel of St. Matthew. Cycle B is the Gospel of St. Mark. And cycle C is the Gospel of, I'm sorry, cycle A is Matthew, cycle B is Mark, in Cycle C is the Gospel of St. Luke. So we're in the Gospel of St. Matthew, which means we're in Cycle A. So there we have it. The church would celebrate today St. Vincent, who is an early martyr who died for love of Christ, an early deacon martyr. So, without wasting time let's enter into our conversation I'd like to start off with Isaiah and give you what I consider the basic theme of Isaiah today chapter 6 and it is the Galilee of the Gentiles the people have seen a great light the people have seen a great light i'd like to respond upon this idea of light and darkness sight and blindness by telling you a story telling you a story of all the philosophers the Greek philosophers, three of the most famous would be Socrates, Plato and Aristotle. Those would be three of perhaps the most famous Greek philosophers, Socrates Plato and Aristotle we who are priests, we study philosophy and then theology. We study Plato. One of the most famous writings of Plato is called Plato's Republic. In Plato's Republic there's an interesting story, it's called a myth or the myth of the cave. In this mythical story of Plato you have a dark cave and people that are in the cave and they're chained to a stone and their backs their backs are to the light of the sun so when the sun the sun rises then they're able to look at the wall of the cave inside and they're able to see merely the shadows that are being cast on the cave wall from within seeing the mere shadows this is all they're seeing during the course of the day of course when night descends they can't see anything so something happens One day, one of those inmates, so to speak, breaks the chains and he rushes outside the cave. He rushes outside the cave and what he does is he's looking at the outside world the beautiful sun shining down on the world, the blue sky, the white clouds that speckle the sky, the meadow speckled with various flowers in their radiant beauty, the beautiful colorful landscape, the rushing waters of the pure crystalline water from the stream. The hills seen in the distance, the white-capped mountains, the birds singing their early morning song, the variety of animals populating the earth, The other beauty that this inmate is seeing and he's just captivated, enthralled by the beauty of the outside outside world. So what happens is he cannot keep this joy to himself. He cannot keep this joy to himself So after taking in, imbibing the the utter magnificent beauty of the real world, he rushes back to the cave and he tells his friends, break the chains, break the chains, get out of the world of shadows, Go into the world and see the beauty, the real beauty that the world offers to your eyes. And the response of the people, instead of trying to shatter and crush the chains, they say to their companion, Get out of here. We're happy to be where we're at now. Get out of here. We're happy. We're pleased to be in this cave. And no matter what their companions say they do not want to break their chains and enter into the enthralling beauty of the the real world. How does that myth of the cave apply to the word of God which Isaiah says in Galilee of the Gentiles the people have seen a great light a great light How does that myth of the cave apply to the world in which we're living? Well,
1: quite simply, there are many people today, many people today that are spiritually blind. They're spiritually blind, but the worst thing is this. I would like to quote a very opportune, propitious Spanish proverb and explain it. It says, "No hay peor ciego."
0: Que que quiere, no hay peor ciego que que no quiere ver. No hay sordo que aquel que no quiere oír. In English, there's no worse blind person than the blind
1: person that doesn't want to see. And there's no worse... There is no worse deaf
0: person than the deaf person that doesn't want to hear. Let me tell you something somewhat of a corny example that I remember when I was a child. When I was a child, I used to watch these intellectual programs. One was the Three Stooges. Spanish Los Tres Chief Flavos. The tre- Three Stooges. Remember one occasion, there was Mo, Larry, and Curly.
1: And Curly is the guy without any hair. They call him Curly. And Curly would cry out, he said, Mo! 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 I can't see! I can't see! I can't see! And Mo said, why? He said, because I've got my eyes closed. I can't see! I can't see! I can't see! I can't see! Why? I got my eyes closed.
0: It's kind of a corny scene in the Three Stooges.
1: But even though it would be corny, there's some truth in that. How
0: many people today in the world How many people today in the world
1: prefer to be in that dark cave. How many people today are like one of the Three Stooges
0: and says, I can't see. I can't see. I can't see. Why? Because I've got my eyes closed. How many people have their eyes closed reality. They simply do not want to open up their eyes and see the light of truth. So in that first reading let's pray this that in our relatives and friends that are possibly like that blind man Possibly like the men in the cave. That they would move from blindness to sight. Move from the shadows into the real light.
1: Now let's be honest. You know when I'm driving, there's always one fear I've had for many, many years. the past 50 years is when you're driving there's always a blind spot on your left
0: you always have to be aware of that blind spot so that if you're moving from one lane to the next that that blind spot where a car might be passing you you have to be aware of that and I think my friends being dead honest we all have within our lives we all have within our lives we have our, we, we have our own blind spots. Sometimes we don't want to see the light because possibly we don't want to change. Perhaps there are certain attitudes actions habits in our lives that we simply we simply don't want to change.
1: So let's ask the Lord for the strength to open up our eyes to see the truth. To open up our eyes to see the truth,
0: and that takes us that takes us to the responsorial psalm. The responsorial Psalm is Psalm twenty-seven. The antiphon is The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. What a beautiful antiphon that we can say that we can pray during the course of the day the Lord is my light and my salvation and then the psalm goes on the Lord is my light and my salvation whom should I fear the Lord is my life my life's refuge of whom should I be afraid Beautiful psalm, that's Psalm 27. If you go through now the Gospel of St. John, we have the I Am sayings of Christ. The famous I Am sayings of Christ in the Gospel of St. John. Do you know them? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. The next, John chapter 8. I am the Good Shepherd. I am the Good Shepherd. I am the Good Shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. They know my voice. John chapter six. Jesus says, I am I am the good, I am the bread of life. Whoever eats my body and drinks my blood will have everlasting life and I will raise him up on the last day. John chapter 6. Next. John chapter 11. I'm I'm speaking from memory now. See, I, I know the Bible. I have to know it better, but I know the Bible. Hopefully you can say the same thing. John chapter 11. Lazarus has passed away. Mary and Martha are weeping. Jesus goes to Bethany where Lazarus is buried. Where is he? He's in the tomb there. Jesus says, I am... I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and life. Whoever believes in me, even though he die, he will live. And then related to the topic of the day. We'll leave the to topic of the day. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. So there we have in the gospel, Jesus is going to be quoting, he's going to be quoting the prophet Isaiah. He's going to say, "Galilee of the Gentiles, the people sit in darkness. Have seen a great light. On those dwelling in the land overshadowed by death, light has arisen." So you see, my friends. See, my friends. Just that you're aware of this. Sunday the Sunday readings we have the grace of having three and the responsorial psalm he's the first reading in the gospel reading you're going to see have a similar theme You have a similar theme. And the theme is that God, God, in the midst of a world plunged in darkness, from the sin of Adam and Eve until this very day, the world plunged in darkness. Sin is darkness. The world plunged in darkness, God is so good so loving, so wise, so kind that God has chosen God has chosen to give us light in the midst of the darkness. We actually don't have to we don't have to stay in the cave. The myth of the cave of Plato. We don't have to stay in the in the cave. We can leave the cave and enter it into the light of the real world. The light of the real world. I'd like to make another comment on this related to all of us. Now, The last century, 20th century, I think all of you would agree with me that God sent us two brilliant lights. God sent us two brilliant lights. And even though they died recently, one died in 1997 and the other died in the year 2005. They've already been canonized as saints. Usually it takes longer, more years. But in the case of these two individuals, they were canonized quickly. One only took nine years. The other one a little bit longer. And they would be Mother Teresa of Calcutta, a great light in the midst of so much darkness. And the other would be John Paul II. John Paul II. So Mother Teresa, St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta and John Paul II are two Brilliant lights. Julie says that I am a brilliant light, trying to be, trying to be a a bright light, because we as priests were called to pray and to preach, to preach the the fullness of the truth. But I like uh, I, I often refer you to literary works, having a background in literature, being a writer, and. Part of our charism as Oblates is to promote good literature. Now it would be the social media too. Is John Paul II, I think this was the early 90s. He uh, he wrote a letter, and the name of the letter would be, I'll try
1: to write it for you, Christi Fideli. Lai Chi Christy Christy did then didn't write it Christi
0: Fideli like Chi. I think I got it. Okay, got it. So I posted that for you. The title is Christi Fideli Lyci. Uh You probably know that the documents are written in Latin and then they're translated into the vernacular, into uh, our own mother tongue. That uh, translated into English would be Christ, the, the lay people, faith for the Christ would be the literal translation. Christi Fidel. And John Paul II what he does is he he takes one of the verses from the Sermon on the Mount in the Gospel of Saint Matthew chapter five and he develops the whole
1: the whole letter on that one image from Jesus Christ
0: related to what we're talking to talking about today. And he says, he quotes these words. You are
1: the light of the world and you are the salt of the earth. Those are two
0: images that Jesus gave from the Sermon on the Mount. You are, the, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world and you are the salt of the earth. Jesus will say, a light is not made to be put under the bushel basket, but rather the light is supposed to be placed on the lampstand so that all can see that light. So all can see the light in you and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And Jesus says, you are, you are the light of the world, but you are also the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world, but you're, you're also the, the salt of the earth. Now, if you have a light and you put it underneath your bed, it's useless you have a light bulb that's gone out, it's burnt out, it's useless. Our light has to shine brightly. And the more, more brightly it shines, the more it's going to illuminate the environment. So we can ask ourselves, what type of
1: light are we? Is our light going out or is our light becoming more bright? Then salt of the earth. Jesus, rather John Paul II, is quoting
0: this, developing the theme that in this modern world, you lay people, you're called to be the light of the world and the salt of the world. You're called to sanctify temporal reality as the documents of Vatican II points out.
1: Now what about Salt. How do, how can how, how can we use salt
0: in a proper and profitable sense Well salt with respect to food okay with respect to food it's it's a condiment
1: Salt is a condiment now what salt does is it it,
0: pre, it it preserves the food from corruption
1: as well as salt makes the food more tasty
0: those two things Salt preserves the food from corruption and it makes it more tasty Probably most of us when we sit down, when we're eating, if the food is not to our tasting, we will get the salt shaker and we'll place a little bit of salt on the food to make it more, to savor all the more. So talking about light today from Isaiah and Jesus quotes Isaiah in the gospel We're called to be salt and light. We're called to be salt and light. Most of you, most of you that are following me now, this morning and later on, are mothers and fathers. That's right. Most of you are, are mothers and fathers, and you you are called you are called to be a light to your children. Let me tell you a, a, a personal story. It was. Um, About 11 years ago, I I celebrated my 25th anniversary as a priest. And uh, my parents, my dad was still living, and some of my siblings came to celebrate my 25th anniversary, my Silver Jubilee. And after the celebration... One of, the, one of the people has worked in the parish for more than 25 years. A person with a very deep faith. It was a Hispanic woman. After my parents left and after the, the celebration was, was basically over, this woman made the comment that what impressed her most about my mother was the way that she participated in mass, but most specifically, how she received communion and how, how she act, how she acted, right after receiving communion these two masses that I celebrated from my anniversary probably had close to a thousand people in both of those masses it was a huge mass many people but this woman said that I was so impressed by your mother because she was surrounded by many people that wanted to talk to her and to greet her and to share with her something but my mom after receiving communion she knelt down and she was totally absorbed in deep prayer leaving that good example after Holy Communion you close your eyes you enter into deep dialogue with God with deep dialogue, intimacy with the Lord because you have the Lord within your soul. He's the light of the world. He's in your soul. Allow that light that's now in your soul to grow so they can be radiating to other people. That's what this worker in our parish said. I was impressed by the way she received communion, but then her recollection, her silence after receiving communion, kneeling down and being totally enthralled, absorbed in prayer with Christ, the light of the world burning in her heart. I have to say that that's probably one of the reasons why I'm talking to you now as a priest because I saw that light of good example burning bright even as a child burning bright even as a child so you adults mothers fathers maybe older brothers and sisters this is the basic theme that God is laying on my heart and I'm trying to communicate to all of you is the light Isaiah speaks about the light and Jesus speaks about the light and the gospel of Saint Matthew We're called to be the light of the world. So my friends, on this Sunday, in which we celebrate Jesus, the light of the world, who rose from the dead to give us life in abundance, and to give us light, let us allow the Lord to shine his light upon us. And as the psalmist says so convincingly, look to the Lord. Look to the Lord and you'll be radiant with joy. Look to the Lord and you'll be radiant with joy. The Lord be with you. May the Lord bless you with a lot of light, peace, joy in this life, and eternal life, in the life to come. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.